there's too much hate? Uh, I've always wanted to do something about all of this hatred. I'm just not quite sure how to go about it as of yet. But I truly believe that eventually the day will come when all people will understand one another and live in harmony. Boy, it sounds kind of complicated to me. Salutations, light beings of the Godhead within the cosmic planes. This is our Mystica Podcast. Podcast of spirituality and life. You are concurrently listening to that which will attune you to a better way of living. A living of balance and stoicness or something. And currently I am dealing with that. Balance and stoicness in the face of not being able to pay my rent or my bills. And it is a blood wave of capitalism right now, at least where I live, because on every street corner there's a person, a human being, a fellow godhead, light beyond light, with a sign made out of cardboard that says, please help. Give me money. Hungry. I've seen one that said hungry. I need. I didn't even stop by. Well, how much money is in my wallet? Zero. Because I decided to take the dive. I decided to follow my passion. And have I been doing so? No. Because I had to just find another job that gave me a little bit of the feeling that I had more time. And now I'm kind of wondering. So... That's the whole cycle of karma. It's concurrently running in perpetual free energy loop around my energetic field, rent-free, so to speak, until I come to that perspective of trust in that, well, you always go higher in vibration. So whatever life brings you is there for you to, as they say, become closer to God. Some people don't like that word, so it's better to say the all. The universe, you, uh, that person over there that you're staring at right now. Your mom, your father, your brother, your sister, your friends and family alike. And your enemies. Especially your enemies. Especially your enemies. Currently I'm on some sort of path where I'm diving into the material realm of money. Desiring to make money, listening to spiritual stuff, at least a while ago, where you just focus on the idea of money and acquiring money, and then gathering money, and then strategizing towards money. And it's all within the realm of spirituality, which is great, because that just relieves the burden. However, I, I wonder, like, dang, wouldn't we have to get that money from places we don't want the money? Such as people that are, I don't know, purchasing extremely expensive, overly priced medicine or drone bombs or any number of uh, redundant material items out throughout our society 
And it's almost as though, like, can we balance that, you know? Don't we have buildings empty and people that need them? It's weird. It's weird, I say. Something. Something needs to be done. Something. And it begins with us. It begins with your life. It begins with the meditation and the calmness, the mental stability within your soul. Once that's achieved, anything is possible, dear friends. You can go about the world and generate your willpower to collab as much or as little as you want. Thus, enter the real Mr. Weird. A good friend I met on Twitch, a tarot reader, spiritually minded person from some arc of the ninth or twelfth dimensional frequency rift. A person that has come to Earth to spread the light. We will dive into his spiritual awakening, the trauma, the transcendence, the World of Warcraft experiences, and other things that I'm going on with my whole thing and spiel. It's going to be great. Approach this grand design with open minds and an open heart, my friends, as we listen to this podcast right now. The real Mr. Weird. Thank you for joining our Mystica. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing perfect. And also, you know, uh, the challenges that are in the background of everything in my life. The uh, behind rent, behind utilities. Doing, uh, seeing if I can trust the idea of following passion and whatever that means. And I don't, sometimes I'm still learning what that means, but I wanted to have people know who you are because you're an extremely interesting character on planet Earth. No (laughs) doubt about it at all. What, can I ask you, what is your, what is your story or your spiritual awakening? And you can tell me as much or as little as you'd like. Uh, well, I think, I think to start the story, we have to talk about kind of what I went through a little bit um, and where that kind of set me up in life and then how that allowed me to find the spiritual path in the way that I have. Um, yeah. So I I grew up in a very small town uh, in middle America, in the, the southern Midwest, um, a town of like 3,000 people, so incredibly small. And I was, I experienced some trauma at a really young age. So yes, um, we all we'll just, do. Yeah, we'll just say some bad things happened. And uh, we'll leave it at that. But um, okay, 
it was it was super impactful um and and violently traumatic and it was under the age of three i think oh wow. um, so i was uh it, it was pre-verbal right um and that that experience i think kind of brought me online really early well and, okay okay yeah yeah so I've kind of been in this um, activated nervous system my entire life, where I was constantly in fight or flight because I don't know if I ever came out of the shock of the experience. Mm. And I didn't receive any treatment for the experience um, at all. So I, I doubt that I ever really moved on from that. So I got a question, and, really, sure. not to interrupt you, but were you... Well, how was your sensing of the spiritual world, so to speak, when you were young? Like, were you able to see people in a different light, like most people say, or was it um, just like a normal experience? That well, what what I will say is, is um, I was raised Southern Baptist, oh, okay, um, and my i didn't ex i didn't experience the world like most people do the world was really fast for me because of the the heightened activation of my nervous system yeah i was i was always under threat and it i it always felt like i was behind the world um yeah by the time i could react to anything it had already happened and it it just Wow. It was a disorienting state to live in. And that didn't really go away until a few years ago. Right. But so what, what happened what, a few years ago, if we can flash forward? We'll get there. Okay. Uh, um, so with, since everything was activated, I, I had a really hard time developing connections with people, making friends. And I, I became very aware of people. So much so as I could always tell how someone was feeling or what they were thinking because I became a really good observer since I didn't really interact with people that often. Yeah. It was kind of the weird, the weird quiet kid in the corner. Um, right. Same with me, by the yeah. way. Now I'm catching on a little bit. I'm having a little um, resemblance here. Continue. Mm -hmm. So I, I became kind of intuitive in in kind of sensing how what people were going through how they were feeling what things kind of bothered them even though they were trying to hide it and stuff like that. really yeah see i never had that so that yeah. okay so that's interesting to me because when i was young i was only in myself i was just thinking of my feelings my emotions how like why were people like smiling at me and stuff i i took it negatively yeah. i never had any sense of other I just me me me, but go on. So how? So that's interesting. So you had this intuitive sensing. Um, well, I had I had this drive for connection. Yeah. Um, I wanted to to have friends. I wanted to interact with people, and it never came out positively. So I re it's something I really really wanted. So I tried to learn and understand people better, so that way I could make better connections with them. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, and, you know, I think having the activated nervous system uh, made me really keen to little details. Um, just because I'm, I'm hyper aware of threats, I'm hyper aware of any shifts in energy, just because I don't know wh where trauma is going to come from, because that was kind of right. my life. You know, yeah. I was I was the kid that, um, you know, someone would pretend to be your friend until you get behind the building and then prank you. And oh, no. Yeah, it, it would be I was very gullible um, because right. I wanted that that connection so badly. And I think that's because I was adopted by my grandparents and that connection with my um, my biological parents was severed uh, only two months after I was born. Um, Wow. because my had my mom had went to prison so i kind of went off to this small little town in the middle of nowhere um got traumatized and then uh had no role models so i kind of had to learn how to live life by myself um, what, what ages is this now like is this older around seven or ten yeah or so any so i my my grandparents raised me i would say you know, my entire childhood. And I was in the small town pretty much that entire time. Um, and that, you know, I eventually dropped out of high school um, because uh, I found uh, the world of computers. <laughs> I had to, oh, I, had yeah. a I had a rebellious period. And um, that's a great time to drop out. Probably. I wish yeah. I did. I was had a rebellious <laughs> A rebellious streak that ended with uh, me vandalizing some uh, property. And it um, happens. Yeah. I, I got, think about it all the time though. I still kind of think about vandalizing property just with not not like terribly, but just you know, some graffiti. Like yeah, little street art, little street art. Yeah. Well I what got happened? caught and arrested oh. and oh, uh no. I ended up doing a year of house arrest. Oh. And I became so isolated. I was I was thirteen uh when that happened. I became was so it okay? isolated. Well, okay, so for you, okay, so for you, that must have been awful because you have a, your life been seeking connection, and yeah. so the police come by and said, "No, time to sit and be isolated." For me, that would be like a dream come true. I would because I've always been pushing people away, and I always wanted to be alone, and you know, secretly wanting some sort of romantic love, but. Since I was so self-indulgent, which was kind of good, you know, in some cases, but obviously it has its negatives. I I just withdrew in my room, played video games all day, and uh, that's all I wanted to talk about. But the, so, for you, how was that experience? Well, that it was kind. It was kind of a. It it wasn't good because. The entire world, because I was in such a small community, the entire world reacted negatively to me. Um, I ended up getting kicked off of all the sports teams um, because they, they just didn't want me on the team because of what I did over the summer. Oh, um, and I kind of got like a, a pretty negative reputation with most of the adult figures in my life at the school, etc. Um, so it, it became even more isolating than it was. And at that point, yeah. I was kind of in this rebellious phase anyway, so I kind of wanted to isolate. So it was also welcome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's when my parents got me a computer and I found the internet. So it was important. 
What year is this? 2002, 2003. Okay, cool. All right, yeah. And the internet was in its boom phase, basically. Yeah, so I started playing video games and um, kind of escaped into that during that year. And then the following year, I just kind of was done with school. Um, I was frustrated because I was really smart uh, as a yes. as a kid, and in in third grade, I had went to a private school for a year, and I had basically completed coursework all the way up until middle school. Um, and then whenever I moved back to the small town, they put me back in fourth grade, and I basically had a free ride for six years because I had already learned all the material. So I got pretty pretty lazy and uh then i just didn't want to do do the work anymore by the time it became challenging again um so i'd i talked my parents into allowing me to drop out if i would get my ged so yes. i dropped out and got my ged when i was 16 and gotcha. uh, that was that was that then i joined the army oh whoa yeah and uh, at 17 years old, I enlisted in the army. And um, so did they have to break you? Did they do that whole break you down thing with the drill sergeant and everything? Yeah, that that happened. Um, it became incredibly um, obvious very quickly that I had no mental health, nor had I any mental strength. Oh. And um, I was very quickly um, seeking a, a way out of what I had signed myself up for. Um, so yeah, I did. I went to basic training and uh, did get beat down, so to speak. But it was uh, pretty quick and easy. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was honestly because I have such a competitive, achievement-driven nature. Um, I wanted to excel so badly, so I did, yeah. um, and then overwhelmed myself with pressure um, in the process. And then on top of that, I had a drill sergeant, uh, you know, in my face, or three of them in my face. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah that sounds like help. I yeah, know, every time yeah. I hear it, it sounds it always sounds like wow, that's that's the furthest thing from where I want to be. It sounds like a the we were talking a little about just some sort of Orion kind of consistent density of you're, you're like just male energy gross in your face. I get some of it's kind of, I don't know. I get addicted to some of it, the barbarian, the, the, the Vikings and the, the war glory and stuff. I know my friend, when he went there, he said like, that's what they do. They're trying to tear you down. But I, I think, you know, is what he told me he was like i they didn't do that to me though i, I they're not going to do that to me i stayed myself they didn't change me and i don't know like i kind of believe him he, he's a different kind of person where he's stuck he's super stubborn more so than most people i know yeah and so maybe he did keep a much of his self intact but maybe a little bit of me thinks like he just kind of in his mind thought that and kind of had to conform to the army's ways in many ways. I mean, I, I don't think he would be a defiant character, but what about you? Like, 
Tell me more. So yeah, go on. Go continue your story. Oh yeah, I was um, I was super motivated uh, to excel and achieve, um, and just I put a lot of pressure on myself because it only took a couple of weeks for me to find myself um, as a squad leader, and that meant more responsibility but then also um if my squad was out of line i got the brunt of it um mm-hmm. and it just became it just became too much and uh, and i was too young you know i was i was 17 i thought i was in love um and then you know i saw how fragile that connection was and that was additionally destabilizing okay. um while I was while I was there, so it became um, it became my mission to get out of what I had gotten myself into, and that took just about six months uh, for them to discharge me um, with a uh, failure to adapt uh, discharge, which basically means um, I'm not a veteran, and uh, we won't talk about you if you don't talk about us. So, um, yeah. So it was uh, it was a difficult and eye-opening and challenging experience. And then I found World of Warcraft, and um, oh hell yeah, that that <laughs> became that became the next decade of my life. <laughs> Same with I. Uh, I mean, I was right there with you on World of Warcraft. I, I suppose I want to relate it to my story. I, I I was supposed to be in school or something, doing something. I guess I was in my parents basement at the time and world of warcraft came out and i chose that i just chose to withdraw into that realm which i have no i have absolutely no regrets about doing this though because that game gave me some sort of connection with people some sort of good feeling like oh wow there's adventure in the world i spent a whole summer in pvp mode trying to get grand marshal and i know I, I wrote a whole story about it and i never got there my friend came over and saw i was just in the darkness of my room playing world of warcraft all day um obviously in retrospect it was an addiction but in while doing it i i still like i i felt like i completed a, a circle you know it, I, it doesn't feel like an addiction now or then it felt like i needed to experience world of warcraft for a certain amount of time so then i can do other things what was it like for you what, what did it do for you yeah i mean very similar um it was a great escape for me uh just being that i wasn't super connected with my community um and pretty isolated where i was at it was honestly a nice escape um and it was you know the thing about world of warcraft was for a lot of people this was the first time that we had this kind of connected gaming experience in like a very seamless flu- fluid world yeah. Um, oh yeah that's what it's could, totally yeah we could see and interact with other players and um it was persistent and there was always people there it was random um, it's like you don't know who's going to show up and you're like whoa Exactly. And then we also had this component of we had to work together with other people inside this video game. And I know there was other MMOs before WoW, but right, it was but WoW, really WoW the first made it, mainstream. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, WoW made it good. Like WoW made it intuitive. It made it streamlined so everyone can jump on. Where the other games, it was kind of a little clunkier. So it was not as it didn't. It wasn't what I call a culture bomb, as World yeah. of Warcraft was. So it was, you know, it it had this kind of exciting component to it, and you know, it was the first game where you really had all these resources popping up online, and you got to kind of see an ecosystem bloom, yeah, um, digitally in a way that I hadn't seen it before. Me neither. So it was, it was, it was good, and I became, um, you know, a kind of leader in that game in the sense that I ended up taking on a tank role, and then. Uh, being a raid leader for a guild and then eventually a guild leader and building a pretty large community. Um, yeah. It was uh, it was a very uh, fruitful time. And I mean, I played WoW up until uh, earlier this year. So it's been a long time. It's interesting because I bet you learned a lot from that community. I bet you... I don't, I don't know. There's just... there's Sometimes there's like guild drama and stuff. There's, there's politics. There, there's... Um, how to manage people and sometimes, but it, it, it's different in a video game because we don't use those words. Like we want to use those words. It's always more playful. It doesn't, no one takes it seriously. And that's always like the background thing. It's like, oh, well, this is just a video game. And I yeah. wonder if we can get that kind of lightness on earth or something, but can it continue? Go on. Yeah. So I, I did learn a lot uh, from that especially through the pandemic when we kind of really built up the community. Um, at that point, we had almost uh, 500 active users on Discord, and we had three 30-man raid teams raiding uh, three times a week. So yeah. that was you know trying to get 90 to 100 people together all at once, cohesive, appropriate skill levels separated between each group to where everyone's going to succeed and have a fun night. Uh, proved to be logistically challenging uh, and tested my ability to really kind of hold it together. And with all House of Cards, it eventually came down uh, just because some people uh, don't like to be told not to be mean to other people. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, so, you, you know, it happens. It, it happens. It happens, but, um, you know, when you have... You're the mean one. What I learned was, what I really learned from that was it's important to really um, find your people and uh, just slowly add to your community rather than trying to to manage explosive growth. You know, the pandemic Uh, expedited our ability to really build that community with everyone being in in lockdown and and the like. Yeah. Um, So... I learned I learned a lot of lessons and it was incredibly humbling, and it showed me a lot of areas where I needed growth um, if I wanted to be you know who I think I'm supposed to be or whatever, and um, that that was the beginning of kind of a spiritual awakening honestly. Wow! I... Really, this is amazing. Through World of Warcraft. Yeah, through uh, well, not exactly, but kind of. So it was the beginning. It was like the beginning mar- demarcation. Oh yeah, go on. Yeah. So just back up real quick. I was, you know, pretty much abused in one way or another throughout my entire childhood, and uh, early into my teen years, I rebuked God. Um, and yeah, I did an, that too. Yeah, I became an That's atheist. Same with me. And that was uh, great. 
great time. Felt so liberating. <laughs> yeah. I was reading Richard Dawkins and the Four Horsemen, Christopher Hitchens, and all these like skeptical documentaries. I just felt so great because I was I grew, grew up with a, a Christian father who was passed away, rest in peace, uh, dear father, for providing my a lot of things for me. But he used to whip like the trauma here. He used to whip me with a belt, kind of, uh, lots of times whenever I would act up, and it hurt like hell. And so when I finally broke away from Christianity, because his whole idea, I guess it was that kind of suffering, that whole ideology. It just felt like now I'm more intelligent or something. I don't know. Now I'm liberated. Now I know it. I'm enlightened. I'm good. Yes, there's no God. No God. Why look at the world? Why would there be a God? And stuff like right. that. And yeah. What was yeah, that I, think for it, you? I think it gives it can give you um, like an intellectual superiority over believers uh, when you first uh, taste atheism. The first taste. Uh, exactly. Yeah. One of one of my favorite quotes about atheism, or well, actually, this is a quote about science, but um, it's like the, from when you take a sip, the first sip of the glass of the first sip from the glass of science tastes like atheism, but you find God at the bottom of the cup. Yeah, oh, I get a sweet sensation when I hear that. It's it's Max yeah. Planck, you know, um, these really intelligent scientists that are finding the quantum level of reality and then they just say yeah it's it, it's pretty much consciousness pretty much god um good luck scientists with your you know limited perception go yeah. on yeah yeah continue how what would atheism did atheism break through to the spiritual side for you well so atheism kind of devolved into um agnosticism because i kind of always had this uh core belief in the back of my head that I'll never know. Mm. Uh, there's no way to, there's no way to know either way really. Uh logically I thought. Um so it's a good knowing. <laughs> it was like, well I ain't gonna, you know, I'm not gonna say there's not. So I kind of leaned towards agnosticism and then I kind of started getting into mindfulness and Alan Watts and things like that. Yes. And I mean, um, I mean he was the herald for me too. Alan Watts, cause it feel, it feels like, I don't know. It, maybe this is the way for a lot of people. I, the synchronicity of the universe as it is, why Alan Watts became so popular makes a whole damn lot of sense because many, many people are born, especially in American else in the world born raised christian such a cult or you know religion and further deeper gnostic knowledge than that it's you go to the atheism and then you find alan watts on the other side of atheism he's there like for atheists it seems and for people who uh also have a lingering doubt of, of their religion yeah, And it's so amazing how he weaved the words towards an expanded reality, towards yourself, towards consciousness, with his humor and everything. It's almost as though it was perfect timing to come about this person, yeah. And other people. Yeah. There were similar people. For sure. And I think I stumbled onto Watts a little too early for me. Um, but, you know, it kind of started to soften me and open me to the possibility um 
but then um what happened hey, that's right was... you must have been skeptical at first then oh, I, yeah. I, yeah i guess i wasn't that's that's super interesting i didn't even think about that i wasn't even skeptical of him i was just kind of listening to him open-minded i was already kind of there i don't know how i got there there was other documentaries that were more recent that kind of like weren't mentioning spiritual words at all. They were just kind of mentioning consciousness and, and it expanded like scientific format. And I was like, Hmm, interesting. Is this real or I don't know. And then, so I came about him with like a soft heart, like a sovereign yeah. heart. I didn't have to do much work. Well, he's very likable. Um, and he's easy to listen to for sure. And, uh, it's incredible because it's one of the only things uh, Alan Watts chill stuff is one of the only things oh, that yeah. put, my, put my son to sleep. Oh yeah, um, and that's how um, I used to have to listen to him to go to sleep. Like I would yeah. be too afraid of the existential crisis I was within that I would have to listen, even like just knowing exactly what he was going to say, kind of programming my my mind towards trusting the universe or something. I can see that. Mm. Um, yeah, so I would put him on to put my son to sleep and listen. Um, and that's kind of what opened me. But then I shortly shortly after that, uh, I went sledding and hit a tree stump. Oh, damn. Shattered my tailbone. And uh, that initiated a dark night. Whoa. So, yeah. so I had been pretty stable with my mental health uh, throughout most of my early adulthood. I had met my wife on a video game and um, amazing oh yeah, there's we, hope there's hope yeah so we met playing a mmo and then um got married she had four children so i became stepdad to four kids and uh i was relatively stable you know through my early adulthood raising the kids and uh yeah. going to school a little bit just kind of adjusting and living life and and raising my son and then i you know fractured my tailbone and it uh initi kind of initiated ptsd um i had been dealing pretty well with not being impacted by my trauma up until that point oh uh, yeah but um what i speculate according to <laughs> what i found on the internet breaking your tailbone can um cause a spontaneous kundalini awakening and Whoa. if you're at if you're out of balance, uh, shit's gonna get crazy. It hits the fan. And uh, I was out of balance, so um, I got really sucked into addiction. Uh, became very reactive to um, discomfort, mm -hmm. and kind of kind of got lost in disassociating from the pain of reality um into my own nightmares were um, you doing meditation at, during did you know about meditation before this were no. you doing it oh no no oh, i wasn't no. doing it wasn't oh, doing no. anything uh, yeah uh had no med had no psychological skills had no um spiritual knowledge and had no practices uh to lean on so I, I basically just became addicted to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. um, not really drugs, though, thankfully. Um, yeah, I guess so. But um, I became addicted 
like my gaming addiction got really really bad uh sex addiction got really really bad uh, yeah. Been there. so yeah so it was it was tough um and then my relationship started to deteriorate and uh then you know life was getting even more chaotic um as i was kind of, my mental health was getting worse and worse because i couldn't figure out how to get better um and then the pandemic happened and uh that the made old saying goes a million times worse <laughs> oh boy so yeah it just got really bad and then um you know i was pretty close to uh checking out we'll say and Damn. uh checking out, I, checking out yeah checking out checking out it would i've i've attempted before um when i was younger but i was getting close and i i was afraid of that for my family primarily so i started doing research uh while we were in quarantine about um you know new treatments for ptsd yeah and um so quite a few isn't there there is also the idea of psychedelics and breath work and what what did you come across so i particularly came across a peer-reviewed study about maps and yeah maps is an organization that's um trying to get uh, mdma legalized and um available for treatment for ptsd uh clients specifically uh, because it has such a highly effective um, treatment rate, something like 92% of uh, really clinical good. trial participants uh, report having reduced PTSD symptoms, some even as much as they no longer qualify for a PTSD diagnosis, up to a year after uh, a, a single round of treatment. Yeah. So I thought that was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. And so I was like, oh, we let's figure this out. Um, so I talked to someone in World of Warcraft that might I thought might have. Um, oh, you, know, have you, you got wild <laughs> connections. You got the, that, the wheelers and dealers yeah, of awesome. That might, that might have like, you know, some mushrooms. Your rogue something. friend. Your rogue yeah. friend. No, he was a shaman. <laughs> uh, but, um, oh, right, right. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course, he was a shaman. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, you know, we were doing, anyway, let's glaze over a lot of that and just say. For sure. Flashback. I, asked, what, I essentially asked, at that point, I was kind of studying spirituality um, casually because I was trying to treat my PTSD. And of course, meditation and spirituality came up a lot in this uh, pursuit. Yeah. So I was, I, I had kind of started processing and digesting a lot of stuff. But okay. I was really focused on this treatment. Right. That's like so next I, level. It's always, it it's always an initiation. Yeah, go on. Yeah, it happened. He was able to... I, I asked him for a spiritual awakening kit. And I got it. And um, that night, I um, kind of planned my own treatment. And then I waited a month because uh, i was afraid because i had never done any any type of psychedelic or any any type of drugs or anything like that really um 
I had no, the only thing I had done was smoked cannabis. Right. Uh, and, and I knew any, that this was any, any drug, I mean, anything that we put in our body, there's always going to be that. Like, what's on the other side? How am I, as an individual, going to react to these things? Exactly. So I waited a month, and then uh, one night um, I got together with some friends and did it. And that night I had uh, essentially an awakening. Um, Wait, this is I had an awakening. A, yeah, I had I had a beautiful kind of experience of connection, um, and I I kind of released my story of my traumas and kind of like got it out of my system and um, experienced, you know, that, that bliss of love and connection that you feel under uh, the influence of MDMA. Yeah. And then um, I went into a paranoid spiral. Happens. And um, I thought uh, I was going to die. Of course, yep. and I'm feeling some familiarity here to my own experiences. I had a mantra uh, that I adopted in the experience was "You don't have to react," because I I Whoa. knew I knew that the the story that I was believing to be real was so out of this world. I knew it. There's all there's the possibility it's not real. <laughs> it's like this is so yeah. insane that maybe you're just really high <laughs> just imagination so, just a thought exactly so nothing more nothing less i adopted this mantra of you don't have to react and uh, i was sitting in a hot tub and um did you create this mantra or did you remember it from a other spiritual i just it just i i created it i was trying to Whoa. talk my, i was trying to talk myself down oh, yeah. um, and I, I was just like you don't have to react like, even if this is true, you don't have to react until you have to react. So I was just telling myself, you don't have to react. You don't have to react. And I was just repeating this internally. And then um, I went into a trance. And uh, like two hours later, they were like, hey, we're going inside. And it, they kind of shook me out of the trance. <laughs> yeah. And I kind of I freaked out. Um, but the world was silent. And I had never experienced silence because my nervous system has always been so activated. My mind was always analyzing and telling me, like, what was going to happen? You shouldn't have said that, this, mm -hmm. that, and the other. Like, always, Clearly. always just scanning Noise. the environment and, and bringing in information for me to process. And mm -hmm. I came out of the trance and there was no thoughts. Wow. And it was so quiet, it startled me. Um, and then I kind of like, kind of had to readjust to this new reality because I no longer had anxiety. Yeah. And I was, I was no longer, I was no longer threatened by living. And I had always felt threatened by living. Yes. Like every waking moment was threatening. And wow, right, because of your past. Exactly. It's, it's okay, so this is interesting. I don't know. For me, um, I felt, I've always felt this uh, kind of dread, but the dread has always been um, related to money and, and survival in, 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 in a money sense, in a monetary sense. 
Yeah. Though my father beat me uh, with a whip, I still, you know, of course, he was funny and there was positive moments with him. Yeah. There was this one moment when I was seven where he just came home and I had some sort of weird spiritual experience I forgot about. And who knows? It, it could... We can all remember something perhaps that we've forgotten about, some sort of unlocking of the memory or something. And he went and he was just tired as hell, had a terrible day at work. And I was just bothering him with my spiritual experience. I was like, everything's going to be okay. Every, I, I just learned something. I just remember there's everything is actually okay. Everything's good and okay. And, and, and my dad was like, I don't want to hear it. I don't know what you're talking about. I just whipped out his belt and started beating me on the ass consistently. And the weird part is I felt no pain. I felt I didn't felt feel threatened by the threat of physical reality. The, the thing called pain that, you know, and yeah. so after that experience, I never I always had that small sense in my solar plexus that I'm going to be okay. There was a, and what helped me actually was an atheist uh, to kind of solidify that this, to, to put it into words was, I think it was Mark Twain. I don't know. He might've been agnostic, but he said, I was never inconvenienced once by my birth or before my birth. He said, yeah, that's Twain. <laughs> and so <laughs> I don't believe I'll be inconvenienced by my death. And so I guess I had an idea of like, maybe I'm not inconvenienced by life. Maybe because the only thing I'm actually concerned about seems to be, oh, you'll have to get a job or whatever. And I have, well, there's more to that story, of course. Um, but that made me feel, I guess, different from you in, in that regard. For I, It must have been a torturous hell. You have to feel threatened and, anxi and anxiety, and I know we all still have anxiety, and I, I can't say I'm relieved from those energies. I still have to like fix, embrace them every time they come up. It's just like put them in my solar plexus, charge up my chi belt or something towards some sort of furnace of new new realities. But you got a release from the, you. you had this spiritual awakening and what did you do with that energy after that well i think what happened was um i kind of i kind of overcame this constant state of that feeling and it would still come up in situations where anxiety is appropriate um and but then it would also still come up in areas that i hadn't i ha at this point i hadn't done much psychological work um, mm. on my traumas and whatnot. So I would still experience trauma triggers and experience anxiety. And what happened was those experiences became incredibly worse. I started having panic attacks, like these physical symptoms of yeah, anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, even though my mind would no longer race and get caught in this distortion of thoughts and the ruminations and compulsions that you would typically experience with anxiety and, and heightened mental states like that. Yeah. So I started learning from these experiences. Anytime that my body would activate, I could follow the mind and not get caught in it. And I would learn more about myself that, oh, this is because, you know, of what these kids did when you were six. This is why you're feeling this anxiety now. You can wow. let that go. Uh, you know, or this, this is from that first trauma. Um, That's interesting. 
I've yeah, never so done. I, I mean, I've done a little bit of that, but I've never done it. I was never able to do that myself. To, to like identify my past experiences. I always needed someone else that, you know, I don't know, to like some sort of a therapist. I've talked to many spiritual people and then they would like facilitate the conversation. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I started, I started having those conversations with myself and, you know, when I realized, you know, just about a month and a half ago, I realized that whenever I'm having a panic attack, I'm feeling terror. Yeah. I feel like I'm in, in terror that I'm about to die. Yeah. And I immediately connected that to with my initial trauma, which was a, a repressed memory that I didn't get back until 2020. Whoa. What was that? And, uh, well, it was, a, it was very violent. Gotcha. Very, my life was threatened, we'll say. Were, and so you completely forgot about it, but then you were able to change it and release it and have, yeah. have a more like a growth experience out of that memory. So it, it can be forgotten in a more blissful way, I imagine. No, absolutely. I, I changed the narrative completely and changed its meaning in my life. And it became an empowerment rather than a depression um, or an anxiety provoking memory. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And, and when I say like, forgot, you know, I, I know we can, the idea is like, we want to disconnect from negative realities that are painful to us. But of course, we need to reconnect to them sometimes because it's, I, I forget it. It's as you say, it's been repressed. It's, it's more painful to not go into it. And I think it's up to any, every soul to determine where they want their energy to go. Anywhere, anywhere. No, no, absolutely. I was yeah. in a psychology class and uh, repressed memories came up and somebody was talking about, uh, you know, well, if you try to remember, you probably will. And, uh, you know, maybe you should do that. And I had to interrupt and say, maybe not. Maybe you don't want to know. Yeah. Because <laughs> it, it, it's repressed for a reason. Um, but if you if you do feel like that you're behaving in ways that you don't understand, then I think it's important for you to try right. to find an understanding if you want to grow. Yes. Uh, so. Makes sense. Yeah. So now anytime that I have, you know, these negative situations that pop up in my life, because they're always going to happen in life. Yeah, I just try to stay calm and remain present and deal with the the reality while it exists. And, uh, you know, like that's what I get from you and your videos yeah. and your tarot, especially your tarot. When I've just glimpsed through, God, I wish I could stay longer or something. I don't know why I always jump around. Other people start. I want to do my own thing because I see you. I see how magnetic your energy, how stable, how you move the energy in your tarot readings uh um, yeah it's it has a type of balance that is so surreal you know it, it's like it's almost as though um you you are just perfect in that whole experience you you have the perfection within you and it doesn't matter what happened in your past because you've transcended it at that moment. Now, of course, then, you know, once, once that energy, the, the energy only stays for so long, right? You know, it always, it's always interrupted or, um, maybe we don't get as many 
viewers and so I, I guess I kind of want to talk about Twitch now. I don't know if you want to switch topics. Sure. Because you have, because I've met, I met you on Twitch when I first started Twitch. Well, I kind of wanted to play video games, and I've always had that idea when I was in school. Maybe that's the way I can, you know, free myself from this burden of having to work for a living. Yeah, this forced labor upon us to some eat sort of and survive. Some sort of existence you can rest in. Yes. Yes, that is yeah. the perfect way of saying it. Because when I play video games, it feels like I'm at rest. I'm perfect. I'm enlightened or whatever. Even if it doesn't, even if I'm angry or um, because now I don't get angry when I play video games. It's just like another experience. Like even I'm losing, it's just another experience. It's It always feels like that. It's another experience. And then when we get on Twitch, of course... It's something different because now we have to like set something up. We have to prepare. So it, once again, it feels like, oh no, this maybe I there, there's a way to build it up. And sometimes I don't feel like doing it, which seems weird because why wouldn't I want to do the thing I'd like doing the most, which is playing video games or um, doing terror or, you know, spiritual stuff for people is basically what I call it. And so I met many people, a lot of random people that turned out to be spiritual. And then I met um, spiritual people. I just try to connect with them. And the, the community, for me at least, has been so positive to get into this realm, to this idea of like, maybe you can, and it seems so insurmountable, of course, but maybe you can make a living doing what you like doing. And so... I, I found you, and it was amazing. It was like someone came in, supported me. It's hard to, to find that. I never found that before. And there, most of my life, I was doing the Twitch gaming, and there was no one coming in my streams. And I, because I didn't figure out, I had to read books that told me like, oh, you have to do all these, you know, you have to connect and social network people. And I was like, oh, right, right, right. Like, it's a business. It's a business thing. I was reading all these business books and all these self-help books because most of my life I was just reading spiritual stuff. And when you read spiritual stuff, they don't mention the material realm at all. At, only a few. And Yeah, I guess it's, hard to pull, it's hard to pull the spiritual into a practical application for your day-to-day. -day. Yes, it's... It, it definitely is, and it also makes it hard to advertise spiritual stuff, too, and talk about money, although many people are, right now, I mean, you can find many people that are comfortable with it, and many more people that are not, you know, think it needs to be free and stuff like that, that whole divide, mm -hmm. and it makes, it confused me. It confused the living daylights out of me. I'm like, I'm in this system. I don't want to be in this system. I want a different system, but I'm still within the system, so I might as well play to it and I felt like a thief, you know, greedy or something like I was conning people. And sometimes I still get that sensation because I know how maybe because it's so easy for me to say whatever is intuitively on my mind that it just feels so easy that why would this help anyone at all? I have trauma about the idea of it should be hard. I still think this a lot and you can see it within all, all my podcasts and stuff like something needs to be done or something like that and with spirituality 
that's the whole idea of these self-help books. They're constantly saying action, action, action. Eight hours. I was reading Gary Vaynerchuk. Eight hours a day. You got to work a every single day. If this is what you want to do, you got to ten hours as long as you can. Go home and all this kind of stuff. And it's I, I latched on to it in a lot of ways. And spirituality kind of speaks of something different. It's kind of saying like you can be totally balanced in whatever you're doing so whatever you feel is at the amount of time you know i remember eckhart Tolle used to say like whatever i get done is what i'm supposed to have done and whatever i don't get done during the day didn't need to get done and so if i take that attitude i i'm not growing my channel at all i'm not growing wealth or anything and so i have this feeling that i need to be in this apartment and uh make a living and maybe i you know maybe i don't this is what I'm learning. The Twitch thing. Let's go bringing it back to the Twitch thing. How what has the experience been like for you? What is this an endeavor that seems to be the thing that could? What, what do you? What is you, what is Twitch you, to me? Yeah. Do you have a do you have a, a side job or side hustles? What is money to you? This kind of stuff. Is Twitch helping you with the material life, or is it more of a spiritual thing? So, when we when we start to talk about like purpose and what like what we want to achieve in life and what we want to do and in the day to day and what that that looks like, um, you know, on on that micro scale rather than a macro scale. The way the way I look at it is I have a goal. I have something that I want to achieve in life and something that I want to do. Yeah. And um the primary root of that goal is to help other people. Um the 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 core intention in uh the outcomes that I seek personally um is to help as many people as I possibly can in my existence on earth. Um, and Twitch is, so Twitch is, um, a footnote in that story. Um, this story spans my entire life and Twitch is what I'm doing right now. And I'm 35 and I've got a long way to go, but what Twitch is to me is it's the platform that I can develop the skills that I want to develop to achieve my grander goals. Um, it's, it puts me in a type of heat spotlight situation to where I have to be accountable to a broad audience. And I also have to be, um, a broad audience has to receive me um, in, in a way yeah. that I that I am authentic. So yeah. it's kind of like learning who I am authentically under the heat of public opinion. At the same time, I also have to develop public public speaking skills i have to develop the mental and psychological resilience around making a fool of myself and um you know i have to learn all of these lessons because they're important for my greater good i like that i see twitch as a platform to do that and it's um it's a good way for me to kind of start that process and have measure and um, can kind of track my growth and progress over time. And it allows me to keep a kind of a log of where I've been and where I'm going. Um, 
And I'm hoping that this will be the beginning of something really beautiful. And yes. I don't, and so I'm not going to go into detail about like what the things that I want to do in the future, because there will be a time and place for that. And right now, Interesting. Yeah. I know that developing my presence on Twitch is in direct alignment with my long-term goals. So I'm focusing all my energy in the now in developing my presence on Twitch for the sake of that outcome. And it's yeah. kind of like, I don't want to let myself be worried about the pressures of the future. Um, yeah. So it doesn't distract me from doing the work now that I need to do to get there. And I'll I, cross, yeah. cross those bridges when I get to them. I'd like that. That's how I desire to be. And a lot of the times I can, I mean, it's only when I talk that I'm not there. When I talk about it. And I like to talk about it quite a bit. Anytime I'm not talking about it, I'll kind of, the energy will be uh, circumvented into the idea of uh, what am I doing now about it? What am I doing now about my desires to fulfill them? Because mm -hmm. I'm sort of on, I hopelessly on the tantric path, I suppose, what a lot of people would say they're on probably. They're drinking alcohol or whatever, doing whatever they want to do. But at the same time, I have a, a t I have let go of a lot of desires, probably uh, around food, around lack of exercise. I've been able to, you know, go to the gym every day. I've been able to, you know, do cold and hot sh showers. I've been able to withstand a lot of um, the elements of life. I've been able to, you know, have a conversation with people without getting anxiety or um, not withdraw when people invite me to go to places, stuff like that. But then there's still, you know, more to go. There's always th this um, idea for me that I need to fulfill some sort of need, some sort of, like you have a family, for example, mm -hmm. uh, right? You know, for me, 34, just one year shy You've uh, been a, you've rotated around that sun one cycle more than me. I get the feeling that I need that, and at the same time, I know that's not the end. That's not going to be the end. Then you're going to have the need for the child. Then you're going to have the need for the wife to feel safety and comfort and stuff. And will that get in the way of the whole collective thing? I know, like sometimes when we get close to other people. Um, we kind of meet them at their vibe and their vibe might not be so unconditionally loving to everybody else on the world. They might be very self-centered and self-focused into the material realm. And there's, when I do Twitch, God, I wish I could, I, I really do feel like I'm helping people and that's one reason why I'm doing it. But if I want to be honest with myself, most of the time I see that I'm doing this because I desired the money from people and I'm per perfectly honest about it. And I don't think that, <laughs> I don't think that alleviates anyone's concerns about me. I, I, I think they, if I'm honest about it, they're like, Oh, okay. E either way, buddy, we're, you know, we're not going to give you any allowance here because of that. So I want to know like how I can get maybe 
it is the idea of just dropping the desire and that scares me the idea of like dropping the desire for um, the future and having and just being perfectly content with um the minuscule masturbation i do on the computer or whatever or the people i meet with that may provide the love at whatever time but the only reason i'm meeting with these people is because i have the desire to begin with so if i if i took away that desire i wouldn't want a family anymore i wouldn't want to be in the world anymore i wouldn't want to i would still probably help people but i would help people only in a kind of a selfish sense of like i know my life is better than your life kind of thing i know because i've been there I've, i was there and sometimes people I feel like don't get anything out of spirituality. They really do need food or water or a house instead. Like I believe there was a saying that to the poor people, God is food, for example. To the poor, God is food. And so I wonder how much uh, my words can heal someone like that. And I just yesterday I saw like seven people in different street corners, homeless, using, uh, uh, holding up signs, saying hungry, uh, need food, need money. And of course, I had I was behind on rent and utilities and stuff. I couldn't give them anything, even though I had more than them. And I definitely had money in the bank and could give them something. And it always brings it back to the idea of what can I, you know, so I, I uh, my selfishness does snap into some sort of universal cosmic peace or something every, every when I talk as well. I, I, I go from both extremes to the super selfish. I understand how selfish I am. And the idea that you can, for you, it seems more balanced. For me, I'm like swigging the pendulums around. For you, you know, you it. You, I can tell within you, your authenticity here. When I feel your energy and you said, I do this to help people and every word you say, I believe that. Like I know, I, I can almost say I know that because I feel felt the energy just there. I felt the energy with you. Um, the idea that you want to help people seems extremely real to me. I just want to know how I can get there. Like I, 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 I just don't well, think, I think I can be. Yeah. Well, I think there, there's always an ego that lives within us that is selfish, and like I'm incredibly selfish. Like I'm. Like, yeah. if you talk to my partner, she would probably tell you that there's no one in this world more selfish than me. <laughs> no way. <laughs> like it's, I don't it's... believe it. <laughs> okay, well, let's ask get, her, let's, let's ask get your partner on the line. Yeah, next time, <laughs> next time she's around, you can ask her. And, you know, I am, I am incredibly selfish. And there's a, part of, there's a part of me that's incredibly selfish. And I understand why. Like I was con the the conditions in which that I was born um, was a total lack, incredibly uh, incredibly poor childhood, uh, incredibly isolated. Like I lacked everything. I had I had no guidance. I had no um, I had nothing material. I had um, a lack of um, emotional uh, connection. I was neglected. Like I was very, very lacking. So my drive has always 100% in life been financial, 100% my entire life. Oh, um, yeah. And when I got when I got started on Twitch, when I first wanted to start streaming back in 2000, 
2017, um, you know, I, I dabbled a little bit and tested the waters and was like, wow, I'm really fucking bad at this. Um, I mean, I don't have a personality and I'm not a very good, uh, gamer. So like, what am I, what am I going to do here? Right. Um, so then I started studying and analyzing because I knew I had some nagging interest in wanting to do this. Um, you know, I pursued studying Twitch and studying analytics and becoming really knowledgeable about how to grow a stream and how to, um, how to perform on the platform, so to speak. And, um, yeah, you know, same. I watched a lot of Devin Nash videos and, um, I started focusing on building community. So I, I took the only thing that I was good at world of Warcraft and said, I'm going to build a community around this. And then during the pandemic, I managed to do that at a really, um, moderately successful rate. Like, um, yeah. We turned it into an LLC and it started generating income and we started hosting events and doing giveaways and things like that. And then I exported that audience onto Twitch, like you learn. Um, we hosted events on Twitch and we were getting, you know, 50 to 70 viewers on these events. And I wasn't um I wasn't even an active streamer and I wasn't even on the streams because I hadn't done the psychological work to be that vulnerable to yeah. be on camera. Um, so on these streams, I wasn't even a part of it. I wasn't even on the stream and, um, we were, it was doing pretty well. And, but then that kind of fell down with the drama and I'm now, now I'm using all of that skill set that I developed back when I was in my egoic state, super, yeah. uh, selfish state, all of these skills I developed and things that I learned, I can now apply, uh, to what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, and selfishly, of course, I want to live a life of rest and I want to be able, um, you know, my sole mission in life is to become the uh, sole financial supporter of my family so my wife can take a break. Yeah. Um, because she's she's been working nonstop for, you know, ever since she became a single mom. And, um, you know, she got a diagnosis that is going to be limiting to her as she ages and it's very important that we shift gears and i take on that burden um wow. so makes sense i do have selfish reasons why i want to succeed i don't well, know if i'm i'm counting on twitch to do that for me um right. yeah but i know neither that, am i <laughs> not right now but I, yeah it, it, it's always like a a, a dream it, it just feels like a dream it feels like one day and i know there's I, I don't know i just went to the website it was the millennial man i think it's called the millennial money man or something and it's the idea of passive income and one of all the ideas is always like start a youtube channel start a shop start start all these things just start it it, it doesn't say like do it it's, it's just saying you got to start that because slowly and surely you will be able to monetize it over time yep. and, and it's I, true yeah and that, that that feels good that to start that and it always feels for me um i i, I guess i was in the idea of not uh, the spirituality at age uh you know like around 23 or 24 i found alan watts and then from then there i was just all into the spirit i was all in spirituality and so i wasn't looking at 
I, I dropped out of college. I wasn't looking into any of these things. And I just felt like, ah, my life will be perfect. You know, it's going to be fine. I'll be a monk or something. I always had that ideations of just being like, I'm just going to be a monk. I think I'll just be a monk the whole life, the whole life. And I realized that I was, that those hidden desires were there. The hidden, what, you know, what we were, we're calling, at least on this podcast, I think people will get the drift here. It's the, the ego, the selfishness, which is the money, the wheeling and dealing kind of reality where you're hashtagging, you're marketing, you're promoting, and you're you're building your social networking, even though it can be genuine, at the same time, it can sometimes seem automatic. Sometimes it feels like I'm just doing this to do this because I want to grow my for myself. Um, and maybe that maybe that's dangerous because I'm like con control theme in Discord channels or something like that, just because I feel it's going to get the most exposure. And maybe that's not entirely true. Hopefully that's not entirely true. And it's just um, my low willpower to manifest what I desire. But that kind of that kind of reality just hit a brick wall at, at a certain point where I, spirituality I became cynical and you can still see it to this very day um I became spiritually uh spiritually cynical and that's not good because spirituality is supposed to be the thing you know I listen to comedian you know like so like Duncan Trussell or uh mm -hmm. <laughs> some of his gang um Raman Nazir and uh you know the, these kind of like spiritual people that will uh, maybe Pete Holmes or something maybe not him they'll they'll take spirituality and like twist it around and maybe this is needed because uh I, I guess there can be things like spiritual materialism spirit like being high on spirituality where we we, we take that and then we have a spiritual ego and yeah of course and then but you know what's the difference like what so now we're talking about spiritual ego over like why why don't we just say ego again it's the same thing we're just kind of like making fun of spirituality just like we would atheism or christianity or or anything well, I else think, i think it's a process and i think that when we when we become aware of ego within us and we start to work around ego and try to make adjustments to where the ego feels safe and can produce because um, the ego likes to do things. So we we have to ha we can't like lock the ego in a room. Right. And we all try that at some point. We try to oh, yeah. like you're not going to control my life anymore. And we lock it away. Yeah. And then eventually it busts out and like tries to destroy <laughs> our life. Yeah. Like um, an outburst. Like, usually it's like a rage outburst or something. Yeah, exactly. So when we become aware and we start to do the work around um, trying to understand ourselves and master ourselves, the ego will hide. And it really likes to feel special when it comes to spirituality. Like, oh, I'm anointed. I'm the chosen one. Or, um, you know, I'm going to, you know, I have all of this power that I can wield and manifest. Yeah. Well, go ahead and, and do that for me. You know, it's like, yeah. You can't, right? Because we're not connected completely in this reality and this experience. Right, and yeah, right. We we have this inner knowing, and we've had enough experiences to to know that there is something. It's unexplainable. 
Yeah. It's really hard to tap into. Um, it's really it hard is. to utilize in, in the right way. But we have learned intuitive ways to tap into it, kind of through readings and through channeling and and through creative pursuits and things like that. We can express it out and then look at it and learn something back. Yeah. Um, but we're never going to have complete understanding while we're on this plane. So it's hard for the ego. That's one, you know, yeah. that's like one of the first places the ego will hide is, is to go, Oh, you're special. We're yeah. special. Look how special I am. It, it, it's, it's, it's my favorite. It's, yeah. And it's then my also, definite favorite. it will bypass. I love it. It will bypass. It'll, so it'll cause you to spiritually bypass. And it's like, I don't need to do anything in the world because I can meditate and my reality will manifest if I just meditate. That was me. Yeah, that yeah. was me. And I did manifest those realities I desired, but it was like a brief moment. It was like a brief dream. It Absolutely. was like a lucid dream. And I got the energy out of it. And then I, I realized that energy is not coming back. Like the, right. they, they, the universe gave me that energy. So now, you know, I, I know I could get there again. And that uh, really spiraled me down some ways, as I always do. But I wanted to mention, like, how the how it comes back to the collective. You know, it, it comes from the self and the collective. And what we're doing here on planet Earth. I, I when when people say, um, you know, it's a uh, it's yourself. And you change, you're changing yourself. And that makes sense. But then I look at my life and I realize, you know, I, I look at the Twitch streams and I see all the different channels. When, when, when someone says you're, you're changing yourself, it's not the world. You're changing how you perceive the world. And then from that, the world changes because now you're on a new energy. And so it's slowly changing everybody else's energy because of their reflection to you and you to them. And so maybe we make better choices as a result. Maybe we have better government and transcend the government or whatever and um, all these things. And then I, I, I just notice how it, it still seems to occur, though, that I can look at Twitch channels and it seems totally... I'm being totally selfish here now because of this saying. This saying tells me it's all about myself. And so now I'm reveling in, in my specialness and I'm reveling in my uniqueness, which is great. I think it's empowering. It it allows us to expand our consciousness. But then I, I see homeless people again. I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, I, I'm begging for bits from other people from the middle class or whatever. I'm begging bits and and money and i want and i love that stuff and i see that the solution hasn't been solved by doing that and i, I wonder if it calls for us to talk on a new level beyond whatever we've talked about from channel material to politics to uh zen or anything else or is it definitely something within those lines i at this point don't know i just like sharing it and i know i saw you on your channel talking about some serious things you know 
France, the constant revolutions, and how um, all these events, how we can see them all on an individual level. Oh, that's just people, you know, those people are reacting that way because of their situation over there, but we don't have to react in that way because of our situation over here. And I, then I wake up to that every day and I wondered when, 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 when will we have some sort of like collective telepathy or something where we can stop war or make an, make those agreements. And I, I, with everyone, having all these political parties splintered up it just feels like oh this is like twitch like we're all in different channels like we're all in our different channels and gathering our own followers it it, it sucks when i see it in that super cynical light i always switch it back i don't know how i switch it around i always switch it around though because it's it feels like it's still a useful tool for me it's still i'm getting something from it i'm learning from it or something but what what do you think about all that? Do you do you see any of that, or and how do you um, manage that? Sure, I mean I see. I'm not I'm not someone that's that's ever going to be kind of divisive in the sense of like you have that, your audience and I have mine and like yeah. yeah. That's what it goes to your point, like finding your tribe. Maybe there's something to that. Yeah. So I I think that I'm finding people that I really resonate with and connect well with that are going to become really important people in my life because um, vibrations find each other and we're all just kind of putting our own vibe out there and seeing what people are attracted to it and trying to develop relationships around that vibration. Um, and I think you know, when it comes to building an audience and, and making money and things like that on this platform, what people typically focus on is how do I get more viewers so I can make more donations or more money? Yeah. Um, and how do I grow my audience? And, and then how do I monetize my audience? So do I need to provide free services and rely on donations or do I need to provide paid services and stream other content that's related uh, that encourages people to buy my paid services? That's yeah. typically the, the two kind of lanes that, that people fall into. Right. And um, what I've kind of been stressing with all the streamers that I've been talking to recently, especially small streamers, is that mentality is not helpful to anyone. It's especially not helpful to you because you're isolating yourself from other content creators. And it's, it takes, it's going to take a lot of content creators working together to manifest abundance for all of us. Yeah. So yeah, that, we, that's, that's what I get in. I, I get in that state of mind. Like, I, cause I used to be donating to content creators cause I was a content creator, but then I started thinking, wait a minute, what you know what about people that don't create content and their their woes and uh then it went to julian assange and being locked up for journalism <laughs> the war in ukraine and stuff like that should i be given to um the green party because they want to reduce the military budget and stuff like that instead of content creators but then it seems like a contradiction because i know my good friend like cody cosm and other people uh rafael have recently donated to me content creators and i it, it sucks because i can't donate back to them 
and I want to because they also create content. I, I, I don't understand how to break free from that particular cycle. I wish I would be able to talk to Gary Vaynerchuk about it, but he has billions of dollars and wants to buy the New York Jets. Well, I think that either model is uh, viable. If you provide free content and rely on donations, then that is viable. You just have to do it the right way. And then yeah. the same way, the same with the other plan, you know, if you provide paid content and um, stream something related to it that encourages people to buy that paid content, that could also work. What's our particular situation is our audience is too small. And that's yeah. not as an individual, my audience is too small or your audience is too small, but right. rather the tarot audience yes. on yeah. Twitch. Spirituality and, spirituality in general, I always think about that, how um, the, the more you dive into this kind of these topics, the harder it is to get an audience because that's not where it's at. Yeah. So I think it's a difficult endeavor to try to make money on Twitch in the tarot category. It's going to be difficult. Um, but one thing that would make it easier is if a bunch of small streamers came together and made sure that we were always delivering high quality content and we could broaden our content a little bit to attract a wider audience and try to capture a larger audience on Twitch. Um, so that way there's more people watching tarot in general and therefore we all have more viewers and more opportunities to monetize yeah. that viewership that's um, a good way to think see that's what i always forget that's my blind spot right there i always forget about how talking with people that are you know i i always i'm always thinking it in terms of competition and i've never been a person that liked competition i've always been like well you know Want to stay away from any type, even though I love video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I've never been a never been one to gun for anyone or or something like how we always consider competition is kind of like taking down the competition. You're number one there, less than. It seems like what you're talking about is this idea of cooperation. This idea of like we're building because the tarot and psychic meditation mystic all this kind of this portal is made fun of a lot it's it's seen as pollyanna it's seen as um loopy and crazy mm-hmm. and there's ufos flying overhead trying to warn us about the our future you know there there's we need to make peace in all this and this is the one realm that seems to seems to make that more real to people so i always tell my friends like why wouldn't you want to promote this why you know why are you know the people that are into money and stuff like that that don't believe don't believe in promotion or marketing and and, and stuff like that because it's not spiritual and it's all capitalism and you you know if you're participating in capitalism you're uh, a evil person. i'm like why not use the tools we have available and you just reminded me about that and that it makes me feel good. There's something there. There's something here. There's something we're doing. It it doesn't feel like it does. It, this is what I get to it many times. It doesn't feel selfish. It feels like I'm I'm I actually am. I don't believe it's a uh, delusions of grandeur. I do believe like I'm just an individual here. Ego aside, 
I don't care who does it. Make world peace. I don't care who does it. Um, give the homeless people shelter and some kind of small, quaint, basic income or, you know, a homely uh, <laughs> basic income so that they can eat food and afford the Internet so they can yeah. learn and have knowledge and then have skills to help people out in whatever the future economy is. But we won't have a future if unless we get people into this kind of interconnectivity because we'll uh, be fighting another war or something some sort yeah. of eighth science for science war or whatever it is i don't know no i i i understand i i agree i think um you know to make for all of the content creators uh in tarot on twitch trying to make money from tarot on twitch we need to um, try to figure out how we can collaborate and work together to bring more people to the tarot section on Twitch and perhaps even from other platforms onto Twitch. Um, so that that's what I think would be... That's the thing that serves everyone while simultaneously serving yourself. And that's what I always try to find balance in decisions that I make. Uh, is this good for me and everyone else? And if it's not, yeah. if it's not great for me, and it's good for everyone else, I'll consider it, but probably not. And if it's good for me and everyone else, then it sounds like a good decision to me. Yeah, and I definitely forward with it. And I think that's how I kind of maintain that balance between service to self and service to other. Um, I was because... just going to say, can we talk about Law of One? Sure. Yeah, how, because that that whole book for me, you know, the whole I think the the general tenet is what you just said that service to self, ver, not versus, but the other perspective is service to other. Mm -hmm. And I've heard um, you know other channelers such as Bashar or Sasani say, well, service to self is service to other. You serve yourself, you're serving others. And I'm sure, you know, vice versa is true. The service to others is service to self. Indeed. And so there is the idea of becoming serving yourself only in exclusion to yourself in, in a way that's not expanding your consciousness to include all the other consciousness out there. I guess that's what maybe some people do when they hoard away wealth in their mansion or something with locked lock and key guardsmen and bodyguards and they just have a, their family and their small connections of or perhaps large connections of super rich friends or something and maybe that also works on different levels too um not just rich there's probably definitely people that have no income and just wail in the streets like banshees um completely disconnected from any idea of how we're all connected. What, it, what the law of one was a channel material that seemed to delineate. Uh, uh, it just made us. It just seemed really cool because it talked about densities and growing into new levels of experience, not like a competition, but more like a, a, a one of those video games that are intuitive. You know, like some like Civilization or some sort of building video game. You're like building a, your city, and it's super lax. It's like there's no pressure here. 
it's just a learning experience. And then before you know it, you got this kingdom about you and you're on the new level. You're on the next level and the next level is more exciting. It always says it's more energy involved in that new level. It's more exciting. There's more pleasure there. There's more to do there. You're, you have more knowledge there. What, how did, that's what I got from it. I got that sense of hell yeah, whatever, you know, surrender now. I, I can be anyone I want to be. It's going to be a learning experience either way. And I'm going to move, inevitably move to those higher levels. Also, I said this was going to be a, we can, I don't know how much time you have. We're, we're a little, we're definitely over an hour. So maybe we can finish on this or, yeah, let me know. Sure. Um, so the law of one for me was really interesting and kind of broke down spirituality in a way that was easier to process than I had experienced with past teachings. And it makes sense because it's such a newer piece of, of, um, of teaching, right? It was channeled in the 1980s. So it became, it became really intriguing to learn um, about the difference between the positive path versus the negative path or the, the service to self versus the service to other. And the reaffirmation by Ra throughout the material that neither path is bad nor good. They're only labeled positive and negative due to their orientation. Right. That's stood, what out, stood out to me a lot. And, you know, it's simultaneously during the raw contact, you have them talking about negative entities attacking them and things like that. <laughs> yeah. like, <laughs> it kind of like threw a wrench in the idea, but it still seemed, it was like, well, this is just what they're experiencing here. It's called negativity. Uh, good luck. It's still yeah. part of the existence. It's still part of love and light. And they kept saying the, the distortion of. I like how they said the distortion of lo love and light or whatever. It's like these these are just the best words we can give you to describe the undescribable bliss of love and light that these even these negative entities will receive in time. And and so this is what you have to reflect. You know. Yeah. What attacks protect what. Sometimes it, it got a little scary, didn't it? It yeah. felt a little scary because it felt like, what are these negative entities, sixth density, or maybe it was fifth density, negative entities over over the positive entities? Like they, they had some sort of ruling over us and things like that, and we had to somehow figure it all out in order to... Prevent in order it. To, yeah, prevent, yeah, and pre it and, prevent yeah. some sort of dystopian world. So maybe we will talk about my life mission, but um, it's to me it was interesting because I think it it caused me to realize that truth that negative isn't necessarily bad, and service to self isn't necessarily bad, um, but service to other can also be bad, and um, that it's it's nuanced. So you can have mm -hmm. negative negatively polarized individuals who serve themselves who do tremendous things for the world because it makes them feel good yeah. you know not not because they're trying to help anyone or if they or that they care to help anyone but it makes them feel so good to help others that they're going to help others and yeah. then you can also have you know positively oriented people who who think that they are serving others and you know they're 
genociding people because they think they're doing the right thing. Right. Um, and yeah. they think they're serving other people. And it, it just, it kind of dawned on me that that's the difference. Good and bad is different from positive and negative. And just because you're inclined to be selfish or you're inclined to be selfless doesn't guarantee that you're going to be good or bad either. And yeah. you can use your energies. You could choose. That's what, that's the power we have is we're eternally swaying between positive and negative. Mm -hmm. But at any moment when a decision occurs, we have the power of free will to choose positive or negative to choose service to others service to self and if we consider the repercussions of our our choices we can always make a choice that includes consideration for both whoa i mean and that's love i mean that's unconditional love right there i mean it, it feels like it keeps going it, it, we can always expand that we can always strengthen in some ways that love yeah. because i know especially when i talk about veganism i know i used to be rampant about it and now i realize oh sweet okay thank god free will everyone has their own free will i just uh, i don't have to concern myself with like telling people how to live their life and when i go on twitter now i'm literally i mean as weird as it sounds i'm just liking everyone's posts in total understanding that they they're putting that stuff out there because um they like it they think it's good they they think they're doing good everyone believes they're doing good whether positive or negative because yeah. they they have a certain it says you say maybe some sort of hidden life mission or something but they have some way maybe it's it's usually spreading some sort of laughter to people or something some sort of um sincerity to people like here's my day when i go for for whatever reason when i go on twitter i always feel good now i, I and i i trust that happens maybe w with everything with all the other websites i go to where i like figure it out oh yeah it's the same as the, it's the universe it's the positive and negative these people they have more um, followers over here because they're doing this thing and people need that right now and stuff like that and um, you you can see the perfect unity in all of that and at the same time there is there it always changes and uh, i i appreciate you coming on the real yeah, mr weird of course because your energy has helped me so much your support we're doing this thing. We're doing this thing together. And I think that's it's it's the coolest thing. I, I it's the coolest thing. It's it's beyond, you know, the, the internet and everything like that. It's like past lives, future lives coming together. I would love to have you on again to get deeper into um the law of one and maybe some philosophy that we uh like to share on Twitch and stuff. Where where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash the real Mr. Weird. That's probably the best best place best place to seek me out right now. Okay, perfect. Spelled W Y R D, the real Mr. Weird. One word. Thank you so much. Thanks, buddy. You take care.